Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing, and grace. And this is a summer snack bite. So this summer, my husband and I bought a new house. Yep, we've been saving up for this property and this home for decades. Uh, we were finally able to, to buy it, so we got to do that. Um, and I know a bunch of you, right? Now that you know that, you're, you're probably wondering, oh, so when are you moving, right? When are you going to move into this new house or did you already move into this house? Well, no. You see, we bought it, but we're not going to live there. We're going to keep living in our old house because that is what makes sense, right? To buy a new house and keep living in your old house. Okay, I know right about now you're figuring out that I'm probably just making a point here. Yes, I am. We did not buy a new property. We love where we are very much. But here's the thing. Our sweet Savior Jesus bought for us a new covenant that cost him his blood and his very life. And we want to make sure that every day of our lives, we are living in the new covenant that he paid to give us and not the old covenant, my friends. And with that in mind, we are coming to our scripture today, which is in Hebrews chapter eight. And starting in verse 10, it says this, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Now, if you go back up another verse, you'll see what, what days is he talking about? Well, he's saying that previously he made a covenant with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. My friends, what was that covenant that he made with the nation of Israel when he brought them out of Egypt? It was the old covenant, the covenant that includes the Ten Commandments, right? Now he's saying, but I'm going to make a new covenant. And he says, this is the covenant that I'm going to make with them. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I shall remember no more. And that he says a new covenant, say a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Did you hear that? My friends, the old covenant of the 10 commandments, God has made obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. My friend, you have not been offered that covenant. If you are trying to live under that covenant, I know I grew up for decades with no clue that there was actually a new covenant for me written in the Bible. I was still trying to keep the Ten Commandments. So I had received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, which is the new covenant. But then I was trying to keep the Ten Commandments, which is the Old Covenant. And did you know that in Romans, Paul actually calls that spiritual adultery? You're running back and forth from one husband to another is what he compares it to. My friends, we have a new covenant 
right here. And this is what we're going to dig into in just these few more minutes that we have together. Now, remember that, that now you are considered, right? The Bible says that once we receive Christ, we are part of Abraham's seed. So when it addresses that he's making this covenant with the house of Israel, that includes you now, right? And that includes me. And he starts off by saying, look, there are three things that under the new covenant, God says he's doing for us. Remember, under the old covenant, it's all about what we can do for God. And that's why man always fell short. Now, here's the thing, my friend, there is nothing wrong with the old covenant. The problem was with us, with man, we can't keep it. So Jesus came and fulfilled that covenant. He did not abolish it. He fulfilled it. And now that it's been fulfilled and he's given us a new covenant, there's no need for the old one. Okay, now listen to this. Listen to what God does for us now that we're under his new covenant. First, it says, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. My friends, this is about a motivation. It's a hard thing now. It's no longer that we're trying to keep the law. It's that the Lord is putting the desires in our hearts. He's changing our desires. I've shared many times that once I understood the gospel of grace and just started looking to Jesus every day, that the desire I had for alcohol just fell off, my friends. Why? Because God gave me new desires. So I no longer had those desires. Even my speech changed. I used to be very vulgar and tell dirty jokes and, and use a lot of foul language. And I didn't try to change that, right? I just started learning more about Jesus and the gospel of grace. And the Lord put new desires in my heart. My friend, that's what he does for us. Even as it says in Philippians, that he gives us both the desire and the ability to do the great things that he has for us. So first he gives us the desire and then he gives us the ability. He gives us the wisdom, the knowledge, the strength, the know-how, the favor, whatever it is that we need. He gives that to us. My friends, the old covenant again is about us trying to do. The new is about us receiving from the Lord, allowing him to lead us from the inside. Amen. You know, it says also in the book of Romans that the Gentiles who didn't even know the Ten Commandments were keeping them even though they didn't know them. So here's the thing, my friends, if, if you think grace is an excuse to sin, then you don't know what grace is, right? Because grace brings us to a higher level of morality. And that's exactly what Paul was getting at in the book of Romans. For example, the Ten Commandments tells you not to steal but it never tells you to give. But people under grace just become generous. They become givers. You don't have to tell them not to steal because they're always wanting to give. Why? Because we have seen how much the Lord has given to us. We see how much he pours out his goodness and his favor on us. And so it just makes you want to give. Amen. The Old Testament tells you not to lie, right? But under the new covenant, you don't you don't even have to worry about that. You, instead of not lying, you become a person of such integrity and, and so genuine. That is a word I hear a lot from people. You're so genuine. You know why? Because I know now that my heavenly father accepts me just the way I am because of the finished work of Christ. My acceptance before him cannot change. 
because it's based on the work of Jesus Christ. And so because of that, I don't need to hide who I am. I don't have to wear a mask or pretend to be one thing on Sunday and I'm something different the rest of the week. I know my father accepts me. And that brings out a genuineness in you, my friend. So we see that under the new covenant, that God is leading us. That's the first thing. He is leading us by putting his laws, amen, his desires. He writes them himself on our mind and on our hearts. Number two, he says that I will be their God and they shall be my people. My friend, what happens when God is your God and you're his people? You know what? Go back and look at the Old Testament. Look, the Old Testament is absolutely relevant today. We just have to make sure to divide the word com com correctly, my friend. When you read the Old Testament and you see things like God visited their, their sins on them, you have to understand that that's the covenant they were under. For us today... There is no more curse because Jesus became a curse for us at the cross. But we can still go back and see, you know, see the way God showed up for the nation of Israel. As long as they were worshiping him, sacrificing to him, he was there for them. You'll see many mighty works that he did, right? We see through David when he took down Goliath, he even declared his trust was in the Lord. And God did a mighty miracle for him. And this little scrawny teenage boy brought down the fiercest, huge giant of a warrior, my friend. We see uh, instances where the dead are brought back to life. Amen. Look at Jesus in the Gospels. The blind were made to see. The deaf were made to hear. You know, there's a man with a, with a withered hand and his hand grew back complete and whole. A woman who'd been bowed down for 18 years and in an instant, God healed her back. How many of you are listening have back problems? My friends, I meet so many people with back problems. See right now that your Savior, He loves you because God is your God and He is a miracle working God. He is working in your body right now to bring you the health and the wholeness that you need. Jesus already paid for that at the cross, my friends. Just receive that. I encourage you, if you have some sort of health issue, uh, some sort of health challenge in your body, to read the Gospels and look at all the miracles of healing that Jesus did. And know this, that Jesus said, I can only do what I see my Father doing. I do the will of the one who sent me. Don't question whether or not God wants you healed. Jesus went around healing. Amen. He never one time made someone sick. God wants you healthy and whole. Do you need provision? How about Jesus taking a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread and multiplying it so that thousands of people got fed? My friends, that's a healing, a, a miracle of provision. Okay. So when God is your God, know that he works miracles for you. Okay, he is a miracle working God. Next, the third thing, it says that none of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Now, this is what he's talking about. In the Greek, it gets into different forms of knowing, like an intimate knowing versus a, a, a head knowledge knowing. He's not saying we don't need teachers, right, to teach us the Bible, to help us learn the ways of God, to help us, you know, with the practical handles for living under grace. Of course, we need that. Even the Bible says that we need teachers and preachers and apostles. But what he's saying is that intimate knowing of the Lord, to know him, he has made that effortless. How has he done that? My friends, the moment you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he moved into your heart. 
you now have the Holy Spirit of God himself, the spirit of Jesus Christ dwelling inside of you. Amen. And it's so very intimate. And just like he said in, in the gospel of John, that he calls us and we know his voice. We know the voice of our Lord. You know, my friends, sometimes you'll, you'll hear him. It, it's like a, it comes from within. It usually comes from up and within, you know, like for example, maybe you, you're, you're looking for uh, going into business with somebody and on the outside, everything looks great, but you just have this scratchy feeling inside you can't get rid of. My friend, that's the, the Lord talking to you saying, no, don't get involved with this person. Or maybe you meet someone and they don't necessarily look like they have it all together there on the outside, but you feel the Lord on the inside telling you, you know, giving you that peace saying, yes, you know, go into business with this person or yes, you know, uh, pursue a romantic relationship with this person or, you know, whatever the case might, might be, my friends, it is easy for us to know the Lord and to follow his voice. You know why? He's always talking to us. Amen. And the more we come to his word, the more uh, you do like you're doing right now, listening to teaching and preaching on our Savior, Lord, uh, you know, it, the easier it gets to hear his voice. And know this, my friend, I do want to tell you this. The Lord will never guide you or tell you to do something that goes against his written word. The spoken words that he gives to us will always line up with his written word. Okay, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. So we see three things that God leads us under the new covenant. That under the new covenant, he is working miracles for us, my friends, even when we don't see it. Even long before we know we need it. Hallelujah. He is already working in our lives. He's always working in us, for us, and through us. But remember this, nothing depends on us. We're about to find out just how much nothing depends on us. And again, he says that knowing him shall be effortless and we shall have an intimate knowing with him. And remember it said from the least to the greatest. What he's saying, my friends, is the Christian that received Jesus Christ a minute ago. You take that, that believer, that baby newborn believer, and you take a, a, a believer who's known the Lord for 50 years, for 60 years, and that intimate way he's talking about is the same. How can that be, right? Because of course, you know, like I've known the Lord for, for many decades now and, and I spent a lot of time in his word. So when it comes to experience with the Lord, when it comes to knowing his word, when it comes to knowing all of our inheritance and the things he's availed for us, I sure hope, right, that I know more than someone who just received Jesus. But remember, from the moment we receive Christ, he dwells within each of our hearts. Can you get any closer than Jesus being in your heart? No. And that's what he's talking about, my friend. He is right there with you. The Bible actually says that you are placed in him and he is placed in you. You are now seated in the heavenlies next to your father in heaven. Our, our seating is the same right? How close we are to Jesus is the same. He loves each and every one of us the same. Some of us just know a little bit more about his ways than others, but his love for us and that intimate, it's the same, my friend. Now listen, a covenant is a very legally binding, right? It's, it's, 
even more legally binding than, than the most legally binding contracts we have in this world. Okay. There is no way to break a covenant. That's exactly why Jesus had to come and fulfill the old covenant and then become our sacrifice. Because with a covenant, the only way to end it is for one party or the other to die. Okay. The old covenant was cut between God and his people. Well, God can't die, right? Now, here's the thing. Because of his love for us, he doesn't want us to die. Yes, there is a time if Jesus tarries, right, and doesn't rapture us up, that this physical body you know will go to sleep, the Bible calls. But there is a second death, a death to hell. That's the true death. And that's the death God doesn't want for you. So to get out of the old covenant, either God had to die or we die and go to hell. And he did not want that for us. So his son came, fulfilled that covenant. And then God sees all of us in him. He became our sacrifice and he died, therefore fulfilling the old covenant. And now it's obsolete. And now he has brought us a new covenant cut in his blood that goes on for all eternity because it's based on him. Hallelujah. So this new covenant, it has a clause, just like a, a legal contract. There is one clause that makes all this goodness that I've been sharing with you come to pass, makes it real in your life. And this is it. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I remember no more. Did you hear that? See, this is, so this is Hebrews 8, verse 12. We've just read the covenant, and then it says for, which means because. As I tell you, my friends, this is the clause that makes it all happen. You could put the word because there. Because he is going to lead you. He is going to work miracles for you. He is going to cause you to know him effortlessly and intimately because he is merciful to your unrighteousness and your sins and lawless deeds he remembers no more. Let me ask you, my friends, what is your part to play? What do you do with that? There's only one thing you can do. You either choose to believe it or you choose not to believe it. There's nothing for us to actually do in the new covenant except choose to believe. We choose to believe that the Lord is merciful to our to our unrighteousness. We choose to believe that our sins and our lawless deeds, he remembers no more. My friends, the new covenant is all about what we believe. What did Jesus say? He says to him, whoever believes on me shall have eternal life. The people came to him and said, and asked him, what shall we do to work the works of God? And Jesus said, this is the work of God to believe in the one in whom he sent. My friend, it's all about what we're believing. If you see behaviors in your life that you don't like, if you see a sin in your life that you just can't seem to get rid of, stop focusing on that, my friends. Our covenant is one of believing. When you believe right, you will start living right. Like I just shared earlier, when I began believing this covenant 
and believing that the Lord was merciful to my unrighteousness and my sins and lawless deeds he remembered no more. When I began believing that all my sins were forgiven and therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When I believed that I was accepted to my Father and that I'm redeemed and I'm well loved, my friend, the desires for all those old things, for all those old sins, they just fell away. That's the new covenant. Amen, my friends. And listen to this. God is not like us, right? We were made in his image. Don't ever compare him to us. We forget things because we're weak, because we never were really paying attention in the first place. Like there's a whole lot of reasons why we forget things. It does not say God forgets. It says that he remembers no more. This is a choice. God is choosing not to remember your sins and lawless deeds against you. Why? Because he already remembered all of your sins and all of your lawless deeds when his son hung at the cross, my friends. Jesus was punished, was he not? Wasn't he punished? Wasn't he treated like the worst sinner that ever walked the face of the earth? Yes. So now you are made righteous. Now when God looks at you, he never sees your sins or lawless deeds. My friends, I want you to say this verse with me, and I encourage you to commit this to your heart, to memorize this and meditate on this, my friends. Say this with me. Say, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Amen, my friend. I pray that this encourages you. I encourage you every day to live in the new covenant and the gospel of grace. That is the new covenant, my friends, that Jesus has paid and died to give us. Hallelujah. Remember, when your heavenly father is looking at you, he sees Jesus. And when he looks at Jesus, he sees you. Hallelujah. All right, my friends. Until next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.